Planet Mundus, exploring Danish life. Um, today, when we think about the education system, we think about schools, colleges and universities, all associated with formal education. One very interesting and central part of the Danish uh, education system breaks this association. Shubham is here to tell us about the concept of folk high schools, which are popular in Denmark. Shubham, how are these folk high schools different from schools in the formal system? They are different in every possible way, Pia, except maybe the fact that they are both places for learning. Everything else is different. What you learn, how you learn, at what age you learn, and what you learn for. Folk high schools are non-formal learning spaces where you can study things like sports, filmmaking, languages, writing, and other things that formal schools usually won't stress on. And you can learn all of this without worrying about marks, final exams, or getting a degree. That sounds like a very cool school to attend. Is Denmark the only country that has this concept? No, in fact, Norway, Sweden, and even Germany have sort of similar concepts. Similar, but not the same. In Germany, for example, folk high schools would be recognized as centers for adult education. And is it not adult education in Denmark? I mean, you do usually attend these schools as adults, yes. People who attend it need to be older than 17 and a half years, unless it's a school especially for the youth. Then you can be a few years younger. There's no upper age limit, but most people who attend these schools are between the ages of 18 and 25. So yes, it's technically adult education, but it's not done for the same reasons. And it has different courses and a different atmosphere. What are the reasons in Denmark? Why were these schools established? So these schools have been around for a while here. The person responsible for the, the establishment of the concept and for making it popular was called Nikolai Frederick Severin Grunschwig. He was a writer and a poet, a philosopher, a pastor, multiple identities. Now, during the 19th century, education in Denmark and Europe generally was available only for the rich upper classes. Grunschwigs wanted to change that. This was the time when democracy was emerging as a concept for states, and everyone wanted to develop a national consciousness. According to Grunfix, for Denmark to be able to achieve this, they had to involve the poor and the peasantry into the national consciousness and give them tools to get involved in the society. Now, this obviously couldn't be done through the formal education system, because these people didn't have the time or the money to invest in formal education. So, and formal education in Denmark during that time also took place in Latin and not Danish. So it wasn't in the common people's language. So what the non-formal folk high schools did was that they went around all these barriers. They offered subjects different than formal schools, and which were more useful for the common population. The teaching was in Danish, and these schools only lasted for a few weeks or months so that the students were free to work on the farm and have a livelihood. And all of this was set around Christian ideals because that was just something popular and usual back then. That sounds like a radical concept for that time. Was it well received by others? Initially, no. Like you said, the concept was radical for the early 1830s. At that time, education was mostly seen in terms of books and literacy. It was very elitist compared to what Grundtvig was proposing in terms of popular education, which was education for the people. I mean, this concept is radical even today. I mean, a school you go to just to develop as a person, which doesn't have subjects that will get, help you get a job in the future, that sounds pretty radical to me. So the first such school started in 1884 in southern Denmark. It was started by a follower of Krunfvig. And folk high schools actually became popular during a wave of Danish nationalism during the 1860s. So it, it took around 20 years. Denmark was forced to surrender a lot of its territory to Prussia in a war in the 1860s. And it was a huge blow to the national identity, and the state felt that it needed to be revived. 
This revival followed the words of a Danish poet who said that what is lost without should be gained within. So to allow more people to be involved in national consciousness, folk high schools were established around the country with the state's backing. That sounds like a very valid reasons back then, but nationalism and Christian ideals are probably not so relevant today. And now there's more access to formal schools for everyone. I mean, in Denmark, it's free. So are these folk high schools still around? Yes, they actually are. There are around 70 folk high schools in Denmark right now, and a lot of Danish people actually attend them. The figure is around 1 in 10 Danish people, and it's usually right after high school and before university, so during the gap year. Of course, today, these folk high schools are not the same kind as they were in the 19th century, but they still follow the essence of Grundtvig's ideals. They, they are residential schools meant for development of the self, no exams, no hierarchies, just freedom to explore and learn. Actually, Grundtvig's ideals were pretty revolutionary for the education system around the world, not just in Denmark. The Montessori system, the American adult education system, even the MOOCs or the mass open online courses that we have today can be traced to his ideals. They are all about freedom and accessibility in some way. Since these schools are mostly popular in a limited number of countries, do you know if internationals come and attend these? They actually do. A lot of Danish folk schools now offer courses in English, There's actually one called the International People's College that is known for having people from all around the world. I actually met a former student of the school this weekend and spoke to her about her experience. Her name is Olga and she's from Russia. She is an assistant professor now in Aarhus and has lived here for eight years. She came to Denmark for the first time to attend the folk high school to learn about the Danish language and culture. Here's what she told me about her experience. My experience with the high school was generally very good. I liked uh, the freedom in, in the high school and uh, well, also the learning something new and uh, learning something new about uh, a new country and being in a new country. Well, I went to high school to study Danish language and Danish culture and I think I got a very good um, starting point uh, for this. Um, so I would recommend uh, maybe uh, to focus uh, not only on, on the on the official part, on the studying part, but to also try to talk to people and um, yeah, to make friends from, from different countries. I find it so interesting that she used her high school experience to learn Danish, like a starting point for her life here. Yeah, thank you for this very interesting exploration into Danish folk high schools today, Shupam. For internationals who want to apply to attend folk high school in Denmark, www.danishfolkhighschools.com is a good place to start. It has information on all the school's application procedures, everything you need to know how to get started. Planet Mundus, the word in Aarhus. Every Wednesday from 7 to 8 p.m. and online.